Hello and welcome back to the TL Lancaster podcast. Uh, I haven't been posting as much as I would like to. I'm sorry about that. I'm having a hard time still learning, getting the kinks out. Um, I'm trying to do at least one episode a month, and I'm sorry that I haven't been doing that very well. To make up for the fact that I can't seem to get my writing done right now, just brain fog, I don't even know how to describe it, um, I'm going to be trying something new today. Um, I'm going to be doing a retelling of a fairy tale. Just to be different, try to new things, it's one of the things that I've been encouraged to do by other creators. Uh, try try different things, see what sticks, what doesn't stick, what you enjoy. So, this is going to be my retelling of Sleeping Beauty. So, sit down, relax, hope you enjoy. A long time ago, in a kingdom very far away, there was a king and queen. They had been married for some years and yet to have any children, which caused them great sorrow. Not simply because of the cynical requirement for having an heir, but because they wanted children. They loved children, and they wanted some of their own. One day when the queen was sitting by the pond, a frog crept up to her. What makes you so sad, your highness? he asked. The queen, momentarily startled from a talking frog, looked down and thought that this was just the way of things, and said, I would like to have a little girl, one of my own, to comb her hair and teach how to be a queen. The frog, who, on top of having the gift of speech, also had the gift of prophecy, nodded and said, Within a year, you will have your daughter. The queen thanked him and went to tell the king the good news. And true to form, year to the day, they were holding a ball for the birth of their first daughter. The king and queen were ecstatic. They were so proud and so happy to be parents after so long. They wanted to invite the whole kingdom. Now in this kingdom, there were 13 wise women with fey blood in them. Descendants of elves and fairies. With power and of prophecy and magic. But when the king and queen went to write the invitations, they were informed that there were only 12 golden plates. And of course, the fey woman could only be expected to eat from the finest cutlery. So they had to make a choice of who to not invite. Now they mulled over it and tried to think and finally realized that there was one of the wise women they weren't particularly fond of anyway. So they invited the other 12 and hoped the 13th wouldn't hear about it. So at the great ball, the king and queen announced the name of their new daughter. She would be Princess Briar Rose, for she was beautiful and perfect and highly treasured. But there was something about her that they also thought very prickly. So there was dancing and food. Now, near the end of the ball, the king and queen invited the fey women to come over and say a blessing over the child. And one by one, they did. One blessed her with beauty and another wisdom and a third a wit and great humor. But just before the twelfth was going to step up and give her blessing, the thirteenth stormed in, claiming indignity and disrespect. She juddered her finger at the baby girl and shouted, On her eighteenth birthday, she would die, pricked by a spindle. 
Saying this, she turned around and stormed out. Everybody was understandably in shock, not knowing what to do, for the 13th was thought to be the most powerful of them all. But the 12th walked up and said, I have yet to bake my blessing. I cannot undo what my sister has done, for that would be a disrespect in itself. But I can lessen the blow. And so the 12th extended out her hand and said, Briar Rose, you shall not die upon the prick of a spindle, but fall into a deep sleep for a hundred years. And your parents, too, for it's not right for parents to see their daughter in such a state. And all the lords and ladies and common folk all volunteered to be put to sleep as well for a hundred years, for they loved their king and queen and did not want to see the world without them. And so the Briar Rose grew up, and with every passing year, her name became more and more apt, for she became more beautiful. She was soft, except when people tried to hold on to her too tight, and then she would get prickly. And many saw this as not princess-like behavior, but the king and queen liked it. They saw a charm and knew that this wit that she had was one of the blessings. And on the 17th birthday of Briar Rose, the king announced that all spindles should be taken away, kept far from his daughter, so that maybe the curse might be avoided. But on her 18th birthday, Briar Rose found that her parents had left the kingdom for a visit to her cousin. And so she wandered around and explored to rooms and behind locked doors where her parents often told her not to go. And up a tall tower, she met an old woman. Now this old woman, crotchety and stubborn as she was, had politely ignored the king's decree. She understood that thread must be spun, but refused to go two hours away simply to play with her drop spindle. So she went up to the tallest tower to spin in peace. Now Briar Rose found her in this room and asked her what that was, for she being a princess never had to spin her own thread. And the old woman told her what it was and showed it to her, not knowing the reason for the decree. And Briar Rose, being a curious young woman, reached out and tried it out for herself. And she spun and twisted and spun and twisted. And then she dropped the spindle and it struck her foot in a splinter placed into her skin. And on that moment, she was asleep. And with her, everybody else in the kingdom was asleep. And as... The spindle dropped on her foot. The king and queen re-entered the kingdom and knew something was amiss. They felt it in their hearts. So they ran back to the palace and found everybody slowly sliding to sleep. And they themselves began to get drowsy and only just barely made it to the throne before they lapsed away themselves. And so the stable boy laid in the hay and the cook sat by the fire, and the fire itself seemed to dim to the slightest crackle, not consuming anything, for it itself slept. And the horses laid down in their stalls, and the pigeons put their heads under their wings and nestled into their nests for a hundred years. Even the flies were dormant. From the spindle and from the splinter, Rose bushes and brambles grew, for dramatic irony, 
is not something the Fae can resist. First overtaking the tower, and then the palace, and the castle, and the town around the castle, and the entire kingdom, covered with thorn bushes, with ugly flowers. And the neighboring kingdoms quickly heard the silence and went to check it out, only to find a great hedge had grown to block their path. And all that tried to enter the kingdom to see what was going on found that the thorns hooked and grabbed and held so that men were suspended in the air as they fought and eventually died horribly. So it was for a hundred years. Nothing came out and nothing went in. No birds flew from the direction of the kingdom. No horses could be heard in the distance. No trade. No songs. And many a prince and king's son tried to enter to save the kingdom, claim it for himself, but they met similar fates as before, getting hooked and clawed and poked until eventually they were had to be left for dead. Then a hundred years later, a king's son, the fourth, arrived in a kingdom north to where Briar Rose's family reigned. He had heard the legend of the Thorn Kingdom, and he had wanted to see it for himself. Many told him not to go, for it was said at this time that going even near the hedge caused the brambles to reach out and grab. But he was not afraid. His grandfather told him of the story and tried to dissuade him as well, but he ignored the old man. So Philip went over and looked at the hedge, but he could not see what they were talking about. For the thorns were there, but they, they did not grab. And the flowers were there as well, but they were beautiful to him. And as he approached, at first hesitantly, he reached out to touch one of the flowers. And suddenly it widened and bloomed. And the hedge parted out of his way. Suspicious for a while, Philip backed away, but something called to him. So he moved forward. And he walked towards and through a great hall of greenery and thorns and leaves. And as he drew near, the flowers bloomed larger, and the whites became lighter, and the reds became richer, and the blues took on a hue that could not be described. And he was led into the kingdom, to the palace, and up the tower, till eventually he found Briar Rose lying there as she was. And he was taken by her beauty, and the way that even as she slept she seemed to smile in a way that found something funny. And so he sat by her and touched her hand and wondered if there was anything he could do to help. A frog suddenly appeared next to him and said, It is your time. Do you not see your queen when you see her? And suddenly a frog leapt up over to him, and Philip turned surprised to hear it speak. King Philip, you have come. A hundred years we have waited for you. It is time for you to claim your queen. Philip could, of course, not believe this as well for talking frogs, but he had heard of stranger things happening and so took it as it was. And he asked the frog, what should I do? And the frog says, you have already done enough, for you have cared for her and you have come for her. The spell is already breaking. Philip looked around and saw that the hedge was receding, and that the greenery, while not dying or wilting, seemed to shrink back to where it came, till eventually 
he was in the room with a beautiful sleeping woman and an old woman holding a spindle. And Briar Rose opened her eyes and saw Philip above her, at first surprised and then content, for she had dreamt of him for this entire time. I have come for you, my lady, he said, though it felt odd to say so, for he had dreamt of her as well. And so, not being particularly in line for his kingdom, he signed up on service to Briar Rose's family. And it was apparent to everyone that they were following in love quickly. So on the 21st birthday of Briar Rose, they were wed. And that is the happily ever after. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed me, my retelling of Sleeping Beauty. It's highly inspired by the tale as told in the Brothers Grimm book. Hope you all enjoyed. Good luck. Good day. Goodbye. Be blessed.